Boogie Cousins is a Pelican. Magic Johnson is a Laker. Again. The NBA trade deadline has passed. And you know what else? If it's Thursday night, it just might be Sportnado time. Wow. Sportnado time. That was masculine. Thank you. That was really great. I'm just always going for the most male moment I can. <laughs> I don't know if I like the sound of that. <laughs> Why you gotta be like, that's sort of, you know, someone's gonna be offended by that when you say that. Oh. You don't know if you like the sound of it? You can't, you can't well, handle it? Well, that person can turn off the podcast. Are we offending your sensibilities, Grant? No. Okay. But maybe a little bit, because you said, you said DeMarcus Cousins is a pelican? Yeah. Like, he's a bird? What are you talking about? You know, they had the trust falls. <laughs> they did all the things, and they asked him, what is he? Oh, is he, chose, he chose pelican. He's a pelican. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Pelicans are dangerous, by the way. Don't mess with a pelican. So you get like a pelican-hippopotamus duo? That's oh. the most dangerous game. I mean, a hippopotamus is the most dangerous animal. We know that, right? I mean, certainly. Yeah, they are. I'm not even kidding. So why isn't there an NBA team named the hippopotami? They, it's coming. The Seattle team is going to be the hippopotami. <laughs> cool. Not the hippos, by the way. No, hippopotami. I mean, obviously. Yeah. So, so if you're brand new to the show, here's how this works. It's Sportnado with Grant and Jonathan. I'm Jonathan. That's Grant. We have four quarters of Sportnado action of weather craziness. I don't know. That what? didn't work for me. No, that was not great. No, I had something and it didn't, didn't go the way I wanted it to. But anyway, we start with headliners. We normally do an NBA segment and an NFL segment, but because it's the NBA tread deadline and also because... Nothing's happened in the NFL no, right now. I mean, not at dead. all. It's over. Right. For a while. We're just going to talk NBA probably the whole time. Mostly we'll just trade deadline stuff. Mostly. Yeah. Mostly. It sounds good to me. Right. Uh, of course, this all leads up to quarter number four and let the grant fix it where I pose sports dilemmas and other types to him. And he does his best to come up with fun and creative fixes. Right. So let's see what happens, shall we? I think that's what's going to happen. Let's spin the roulette wheel of the sport NATO. So this is random? <laughs> There's is like it, there's a it, random element. I think there should be. Okay. Well, I, this boop, is the, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> That's me. That's roulette like wheels machine. do not make that noise. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the computer, like you know, choosing randomly. Oh, okay. That's what they do. Right. No, no whammies. I think is the, what you're supposed to say now. No whammies. Whammies? Yeah. What's a whammy? It's from uh, the the game show. Press your luck. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember this? Uh, no. There was a guy. All right, I'm going to tell a quick story. I can't really, wait. Really quick. So Press Your Luck was this game where it was dumb, obviously, but a game show. And you would press a button, and it would sort of make the electronic um, thing stop on a particular image. And you would you know, either win something or get to go or lose or whatever it was. Sort of like Wheel of Fortune, except it was electronic, right? Okay. And this one guy studied the game and figured out that it actually had a pattern to it. And if you hit the button at exactly the right time, you could always have it land perfectly. And he actually got on the game show and took them for like tens of thousands of dollars in a game show where you really can't win very much money. Cool. True story. When, when did this occur? Like in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Great. Anywho, let's get to uh, quarter number one, the, shall we? The Boogie Cousins deal. That's what we're talking about, right? Okay. So just if somehow you're living under a rock, maybe, you know, or you, or find you another only, place. Or you only live. listen to this because you like our personalities and you have no idea about basketball. And we know there's at least one guy like that. Yeah. I, I saw someone wrote a really nice review for us on iTunes 
not about this show, but about our other main podcast, our poker podcast. And they said they also listen to the show, even though they don't know anything about the NBA and NFL. We love you. Yeah. Keep listening to us, even if you're from Australia. Someday, maybe we'll talk about like Ronaldo or some. I mean, thing. if he gets if he gets arrested and yeah. kills somebody, we'll yeah. talk about we'll definitely the, talk we'll about, talk about the implications <laughs> for the NBA. <laughs> but um, so Boogie Cousins is arguably the best center in the league. There's five positions in the NBA. <laughs> One of them is center. <laughs> Boogie Cousins is. Um, Leading one of the like top ten in both rebounding and scoring, I might be top five in. Both, he also actually. about five assists a game too. He is also hitting three pointers. He's sort of doing everything you want a center to do, He's, except two things. What's that? Well, one of them is play defense well. The He's other doing is a very be a, a normal human. That would be the other thing. Yeah. Be a well-adjusted, normal type person who doesn't, you know, scream and lose his mind all the time. <laughs> yeah, that guy. But yeah. he is among the most talented players in the league and still relatively young. I think he's 26. He is 26. So the Pelicans traded Buddy Heald, who was a lottery pick this year, but is not really working out. And he's, he's a 23-year-old rookie. Right. So people don't think there's a lot going on with him. And a first-round pa- draft pick this year, which sounds good. But if you think about Boogie Cousins now going to the Pelicans, you're looking at about the 15th pick in this draft. And while it's a deep draft, it's not that valuable. Right. And also, Boogie Cousins is worth a lot. Boogie Cousins could have gone... Well, we've talked many times about the Celtics trading for him. And we yeah. were talking about possibly them trading both of their Nets picks for right. him, which are, of course, highly valuable commodities. You know, there's a lot of talk that the, the Celtics, you know wouldn't trade one of them for, like, Jimmy Butler even. And right. that was the big sticking point on the Jimmy Butler and Paul George. But Boogie Cousins is worth more than Jimmy Butler. I mean, you would think, but it seems like he wasn't in this case. Well, this might be the most lopsided trade I've ever seen. This is among the worst deals of all time. There's, yeah. There's, okay, here's a few ways that maybe it isn't. Okay, because okay. on the face of it, it's among the worst deals you can ever have in the NBA. All right. Boogie Cousins doesn't re-sign with the Pelicans in a year and a half and, and joins free agency. Yep. Then it's not so—it's still bad. Right. They still I think they do better holding on to him and not trading, honestly, than doing this if you're the Kings and yeah. letting him go in a year and a half. I think that's better for your team than getting these sort of weak pieces. I think you can get more for him, by the way, at the if they waited four more days because they traded him on Sunday and now it's Thursday, the trade line deadline just passed. Yep. They had they would could have fielded more offers. Also, once the season is over, you have the whole offseason, you can move him. Surely you're gonna get a better offer than this. I mean, Everyone in the, the world <laughs> would give worst. you a better <laughs> offer than this. Now, there's um, supposedly Vivek, the uh, owner of the Kings, is in love with Buddy Heald. Right. He thinks he's the next Steph Curry. That's the quote, anyway. At the same point, I kind of think—and and there's actually talk that Vivek changes his mind so much about what he wants to do that when he said, yes, I'll do this deal— the front office people were just like, great, anything we can do to get rid of Boogie because it's our only chance. But I don't think that's good. I think you'd rather hold on to him than make this deal. I mean, okay, so in Vivek's mind, Buddy Heald is worth a ton, right? Because he's the next Steph Curry. I guess. There are some parallels. Steph Curry did four years in college, right? He's a good shooter. He's a but they're both good shooters. Buddy Heald is shooting well from three already as well. He's definitely doing a good job there. But he doesn't do anything else. He does nothing else. And there's no reason to believe he's going to do anything else. No. Which is problematic. He was also not a, a superstar early in college either. He was going to be a second-round pick if he came out after his junior year. And That's then he right. had an amazing senior year. He had a fantastic senior year. So now you have to bank on him having massive improvements again. It's possible. It's just not likely. It's not likely. And here's the thing. If you're the Kings and you love Buddy Heald, you can get Buddy Heald without giving up Boogie Cousins. Yeah. You could trade Boogie Cousins for a lot of other stuff and trade some of that stuff for Buddy Heald, and you'd have a lot more stuff than you do right now. Yep. Like, that's all you have to do. Make a deal with the Celtics or the Lakers 
or the 76 no i guess not the 76ers they got Joel Embiid they're not going to do it no. but there's a lot of places that will happen that will happily give you way more than this right yes and it's just an insane insane thing now Vlade Divac said a thing that was not good for his career but i think i know why he did it so they were talking about um you know, didn't you want to wait until the trade deadline? Vlade Divac, GM of the Kings. Thank you very much. By the way. Didn't you? The press were asking him, why, why did you do this deal on Sunday, All-Star Sunday, rather than wait till the trade deadline since, you know, you only got Buddy Heald and this middling first-round pick? And Vlade said, we actually had a better offer two days ago. So he felt the, the value of Boogie Cousins was going to keep going down. Huh. I mean, that's ridiculous. Why would it? It's completely insane. Now, the belief, by the way, and apparently this is leaked out today, that the, value, the, the better offer was actually also from the Pelicans because they actually traded what we said and also a second-round pick. By the way, Omri Caspi was coming back the other way also from the uh, Kings. But so a, a 2019 second-round pick, which apparently originally was a 2019 first-round pick, but then the Pelicans talked to Boogie Cousins' representatives, realized that he's not definitely going to resign with them. Like, he might. Yeah. I think he probably will, honestly, but it's, an, it's, not a, it's not a sure thing or anything close to it, and so they dropped their offer a little bit after talking. So that's what Vlade was referencing. I think Vlade was trying to say, blame the owner, not me. Basically, yeah. when he said that, like, of course, he's like, I mean, believe me, I would take a better deal if I could, but no one's letting me do anything. Well, Vivek, the owner, has a history of crazy things, right? He's the guy who wants to play four people on defense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he just does. He, it's kind of like he's completely not analytical. He just decides he sees something and decides that that's what he likes, mm-hmm. and he decides it's great. You know, like Buddy Heald, that's the next Steph Curry. It's great. Right now, yeah. here's the thing: sometimes owners get it right when they do this. You know, like. The, all the great basketball minds. I mean, it's one thing to say, like, you got to let your basketball minds do their work because you're paying them and all that. I don't know that Vlade Divac is exactly the great basketball mind. He's going to make yeah. a lot of great decisions. So there is that, right? And I hate to always bring this team up, but the New England Patriots, <laughs> many moons ago, traded a first-round pick for Bill Belichick at the time when Bill Belichick was nothing. You know? He was a failed head coach from the Cleveland Browns, and that's it. And... Robert Kraft decided this is our guy, and he was right. Now, maybe he just got lucky, but since he was so right, he just looks smart now, you know, and it was the right, and no one else would have done that, sure. but Kraft did it, you know? I mean, sure, there's a world where Buddy Heald is the next Steph Curry, right? and the first-round pick they get is Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler, because well, those guys were mid-first-round picks. Okay, but you, that, but you would never, but this just has the value of a mid-first-round pick, which is a I know, middling player I know, no I'm, matter what. But right? you're talking about results-oriented things, so I'm yes, saying maybe five years from now, okay. that's the case. Maybe that's five true. years from now, Buddy Heald's averaging 31 points per game. And they have the best lockdown defender in the league that they drafted 14th overall. I mean, know, like, the thing is, like, but if they're right on Buddy Heald, though, that's because they were right on Buddy Heald. Like, if the first-round draft pick works out, that's just luck. And they yeah. can never assume that they're going to, you know, they don't know who's going to be there or anything like that. But Buddy Heald is what they're sort of banking on. Or when I say right. they, I mean, I mean, I guess So the Kings are fucked. Oh, they're beyond fucked. Because not only have they done this, do you know that, like, two years ago, they made, like, the, the other worst trade in the history of the league, where they traded... With the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, so that way they could free up some cap space. So they traded a few players. I don't remember who it was, but they're, they, it was players of no consequence. Yeah. Uh, Philly like, took like one or two guys. Uh, oh, Nick, Nick Skouskis was one of them. Right. Skouskis, their previous first-round pick, who sure. Vivek apparently pushed for them to take as well. And like a few other nobodies. It doesn't matter. Um, Philly had no problem taking it in. Philly got a pick swap this year with them. That's pretty good. So if, the, so if the pick is in the top 10, which it will be, yeah. it's a pick swap. So if, if Sacramento wins the lottery, they don't get that pick. They get Philly's pick. Wow. Instead. 
Sacramento finishes wherever they finish ahead of Philly, which they're very likely to do, they get Philly's pick. So it's basically impossible for them to get like a top four or five guy now. So is Sacramento now at Brooklyn level dumpster fire? They might just be because they also don't have their 2019 first round pick. That's also the 76ers property because of that deal. And by the way, they did that to free up salary cap space. This is just a year ago, a year and a half ago. And who do they sign in to that salary cap space? Rajon Rondo. Wow. And Marco Bellinelli. Okay, so I think they might be equivalent to the Nets as far as dumpster fire now. The difference is the Nets are probably starting to go in the right direction. They got rid of all the old guys. They brought in Spurs um, guys. Sean Marks is now running the team. He's a Spurs assistant from before. You know, He understands long-term thinking and all that. The Nets seem to be allowing him to do whatever he wants to do. These guys are the true dumpster fire of the league at this point. Huh. Well, that's too bad for them. So let's talk about the more interesting piece, though. Okay. What does this mean for the Pelicans? Yeah. Because they didn't really give up much. They gave up a good three-point shooter, but I mean, Buddy Heald's a dime a dozen, right? It's not that great. Even if Buddy Heald ends up not being a dime a dozen, this is a deal you make all day long and twice on Sunday. Right. So now they have the greatest front court potentially in league history. Like, it's not... Obviously, we don't know yet. We haven't seen yeah. them play together, but they certainly have the potential to be the greatest front court in league history. What's cool is we don't even know who the third guy is, and it doesn't matter. It That's doesn't. how good they are. Right. I mean, Anthony Davis is one of the top three most valuable properties in the league. Yeah. And DeMarcus Cousins is one of the top 10 most valuable properties in the league, maybe top 15. Well, now that he just went for what he went for, maybe that's not true. Maybe what we've learned is that the, the league isn't as hot on him as we thought they were. Maybe they're not, but he averages 28, 11, and 5. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible. It's pretty good. No, I mean, I would want him. I mean, look, as a Celtics fan, a team that has been rumored many times to be interested in DeMarcus Cousins, when I found out what he went for, my first thought was, I guess Danny Ainge had no interest in him, right? Right. Because what the hell? All right, so let's talk about the on-court implications here, because this is going to be some cool shit to watch. Like, if if they can actually work together, this can be some cool shit. So you mentioned that, that Boogie is known as not being the best defender. No. Davis can make up for that. He's a great defender. Sure. Okay. So on offense, both guys can dribble, like especially Boogie. They can both dribble, right? They can both shoot pretty Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So you could have a pick and roll with those guys. I mean, you're never going to have a pick and roll with those guys. You could, though. But that's ridiculous. You could. You can do so much better than that. Those guys pass well for big guys. They don't pass well. It's different. You're not gonna. You're not gonna have them. Be- <laughs> it's the on. best pick and roll ever. No one can stop it. Actually, it, the one thing that is problematic for the Pelicans here, and this is a minor problem and something you you just do the deal and worry about it later. So I'm not blaming them. But the one of the value of having a Boogie Cousins and or an Anthony Davis is that when they play the five, it's such a matchup problem. But one of the, when Anthony Davis is playing the four, it's less of a matchup problem for other teams. Now, he's still a big guy. He's tall. He's long. He's a fantastic player. Still going to be a problem. But Anthony Davis at the five, much like Porzingis, I think is more dangerous and makes things tougher on people than Anthony Davis at the four. So there is that, which is a slight thing, but who cares, right? You're getting two of the who best. Cares? Maybe the two best centers in the league are on your team, and they at least can play the four. You can play them together, so you just don't worry about it. Right, and you don't have to play them together all the time. So, right. like, imagine you rotate like this. You start them both, obviously, Boogie at the five. Yeah. And then six minutes in, you take out Boogie and move Anthony Davis to the five. And yep. then another three minutes later or four minutes later, you take out Anthony Davis, put Boogie back in, and then another four minutes so after that, so you put them yeah. back in together. You know, yeah. like, that, that'll work just fine. Absolutely, yeah, there's should be at least 18 to 20 minutes a game where they don't have to be on the floor at the same time. Yeah. Right? And, and then maybe another 15 minutes where they are at the beginning and the end of the game. That yeah. sounds amazing. Right. And you always have a, a superstar center on your, like playing a hundred percent of the time, except yeah. for blowouts basically. Right. That sounds 
amazing for the Pelicans. I'm, I really want to watch it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's it's pretty exciting right now. I mean, New Orleans was kind of going nowhere. There's even whispers about them potentially trading Anthony Davis because where are they going and what are they going to do? And they just sort of pulled this rabbit out of their hat. And now, like, the whole world has changed for them, right? Right. Superstar talent does it. This is why you can never get a superstar. It's almost impossible to trade for a superstar in the NBA because it's such a seismic shift. Right. I mean, like, so... I know this is going to sound outlandish and crazy, but Let's do it. I want to see the one-eight matchup between the Pelicans and the Warriors. I want to see this because I think this lineup offensively is trouble for the Warriors' defense. The whole Warriors small ball thing. How are they going to stop them? I mean, they're not. They're just going to outscore them. Yeah, I guess that's the idea. They yeah. have to just outscore them by a lot. You right. Know, like, I mean, they're going to basically just destroy the other three positions on the floor. That's, right. That's the move if you're the Warriors. But I feel like the Kings will get like 1.7 points per possession against the Warriors' small ball lineup. I mean, that's, that's impossible. I know. I, yeah. I know. But they might get 1.1 or 1.2, which is also a huge amount and an incredible like superstar level amount to right. get. Um, they might. And the thing that you would worry you, I think, is um, the kind of offensive rebounding you'd be giving up to these guys. But, you know, I think you just live with that and beat them anyway because you've got all the best players. But, like, if Zaza Pachulia is not on the floor, God forbid, and you're the Warriors, who's Draymond's guarding Anthony Davis and and Kevin Durant is guarding DeMarcus Cousins? I mean, or? That maybe, you, maybe you try – Bogut has been traded. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that later. But to the 76ers, and there's almost certainly going to just buy him out. They have no actual interest. So in maybe Bogut. Bogut comes back, and maybe they, maybe you resign Bogut because now that would be useful again, right? Having yeah. some Bogut or some guy like Bogut. Maybe it's Larry uh, Larry Sanders. Maybe it's somebody else. But do you think it's possible that Draymond could stop either of the guys? He's too I short, mean, right? He's... I think if he's could, if it was going to be a guy he could stop, I think he'd have more success stopping Anthony Davis because. Anthony Davis can't brute force him to right. death. DeMarcus is, is stronger. He's just too strong and too big. Yeah. I feel like Anthony Davis is long and slick and, you know, So if you fast. get if you get Bogut back and Bogut doesn't hurt himself and Bogut stays good at defense, then maybe Bogut can slightly contain Boogie yeah. and Draymond can slightly contain Anthony Davis. And that's fine because you destroy them at every other position. Yeah, but like, that's only if those guys can them. actually slightly contain them, which might not be the case. But here's the thing. Even if both those guys go crazy... You're still going to win in a seven-game series. Yeah, I think so, but it's going to be a lot more interesting than it used to be. I mean, everyone's going to want to watch these guys play together and just see what happens. That's pretty neat. Right. So, I don't know. I'm not sure how Alvin Gentry is going to work out. If this, like, it's interesting. Like, nobody really cared. Maybe he was going to get fired because the team was so bad. But now, there's a little bit of expectations. Like, they really kind of need to make the playoffs, I would think. And... I don't know if they if they look really bad, he may just be gone. And if they look good, if they can just show a little heart and put some stuff together and make it a little tough on the Warriors, he might, you know, be around for a while. Because yeah. now he has talent. Right. Which is what you need in the NBA to win. You All just right. can't do it otherwise. I got one more thing on this. All right, then we'll move on. Yeah, it's a hypothetical. Sounds good. I love my hypotheticals, you know. It's a All thought right, so experiment. A little bit. So within the realm of reality, I'm not saying like something crazy happens, but no more pieces are going to move now, but say this offseason, free agency period and trades in this offseason, what is a piece that the Kings could reasonably, not the Kings, excuse me, the Pelicans could reasonably sometimes get this offseason that makes them contenders if you put them with these two guys? Good question. I'm not sure what their salary cap situation is anymore. Okay, I think I do know. I'm just like remembering. So Drew Holiday is their point guard. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. If they don't keep him, that might free up some space to get someone else. There are a few guys who they could be Jimmy interested Butler. in. Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. They could never trade for Jimmy Butler. They don't have the assets. 
Yeah, that's true. That, no, you ha- you, uh, I think it's free agency. They, they've used up all their assets. Now, they didn't have very many, but right. they have no assets now, pretty much, except they're two guys who Gordon Hayward? Moving. Gordon Hayward is he the first guy I was agent. thinking. That's yeah. a perfect guy for them, right? Now you do have the best front court of all time if you had Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Is Gordon Hayward really going to go there instead of re-signing with Utah? Or if he wanted to go somewhere else, when he go to his ex-coach, um, Butler coach, Brad Stevens? I think those are there's a lot of talk about that. There has been. like It seems to me those are like the two most likely destinations for him. But that would be an incredible team if they got Gordon Hayward, Boogie, and Anthony Davis. Yeah, then they just need to get a little bit lucky finding some backcourt help, and then they're, they might be good to go. They're actually a legit and if threat. And if they could somehow make it work with the captain, I don't know if it's possible to keep Drew Holiday and get Gordon Hayward, that's an incredible starting lineup. I don't think it's possible. I'm pretty sure it isn't. Also, because think about it. You'd be paying like four guys essentially max money. You can't really do that in the NBA and get away with that. Yeah. Um, when you're signing a free agent. Anyway. Right. So... Because the other two guys are already locked in, and Anthony Davis is locked in at a big number, I don't think they can get away with that. But maybe they can find ways to move other pieces and, and free up some cal- salary cap room. That happens. Like We used to watch the Lakers do that back in the day. Anyway, yeah. They used to maneuver pretty well. It's an interesting question, and I'm sure that's something that will get written about a lot more over the next few weeks as we sort of take a closer look at what, where the Pelicans really are. Yeah. Anyway, very cool, very interesting start. Yeah. But we're going to roll right on. In this sport, NATO. Okay. Keeps rolling along, Grant. We're going to go straight to quarter number two? Yes, we are. We're not taking a break. You know why? Why? Because we don't have to. Okay. Well, we used to take breaks so Grant could drink more. Yeah. But he's not drinking. Well, just for, for the sake of the audience, here's the whistle. Oh, really? Yeah. But we're not going to keep doing that. Why? Because it's that's, quarters. that's work. It's work. It's barely any work. It, you can do it then. <laughs> yeah, he just rolled his eyes as if it's ridiculous that I said that. See? I make all the other podcasts. So then why are you making work for me? <laughs> all right, let's move on. People don't need to hear this. All right, well, I actually want to ask the listeners. Oh, God. I know I know. Colin West and Jay, Jay Recker have thoughts on this. Mm. Do you prefer that we keep the whistles in to, to separate the quarters or not? That's just a question. I may just cut this whole bit out. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> I'm cutting it out. No, this is, not, this is not a dictatorship where you get to do that. No, it's not a dictatorship, but I'm cutting it out. No, you're not. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Okay. Quarter number two. So, another interesting thing happened two days before the trade deadline in the National Basketball Association. You probably forgot that I sometimes say, I don't, what, you National say, Basketball Association. Why do you do that? What do you mean? Say that. Because um, we got a wonderful, I think, MS Paint picture of me wearing a t-shirt that said National Football League, and it looked pretty awesome, and it was clearly highlighted the national part. Really? I don't think I saw that one. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, um, so you know the original picture that Allie did for us? Uh, So Allie made a second picture, except now you're smirking and... uh, No, you're rolling your eyes at me because I'm smirking and I have a national football (laughs) shirt on. And you're also like twirling a basketball while you're giving everyone the finger. (laughs) It's pretty great. That's cool. No, it's it's really good stuff. Uh, I'm very happy. Any kind of fan art, man, oh, man. <laughs> just, just so happy with that. Okay, so the Lakers did something a little unusual, I'm going to say. All right. They fired Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak two days before the NBA trade deadline. I and guess they, they weren't happy with the handling of that. I, it seems that they were not. And they uh, brought in Magic Johnson to run the team, like full-on, you oh, got you mean, it. Do you mean Irvin Johnson? Irvin Magic Johnson. Oh, his nickname is. is Magic? Um. It is what they call him, yes. Or is that his middle name? 
No, no, no. It's, it's, it's <laughs> oh, okay, <nickname>. cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> you weren't. You didn't no, know I was that. sure. That's a joke. It didn't seem like you really knew. Well, that's because I'm a very good actor. <laughs> yes, you are. You're a wonderful actor. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, so anyway, so they brought him in to run the whole thing. Now, he had actually been consulting with them for a while and had been very open about wanting to call the shots. On and the now team. he's the official GM. Uh, yes. Now he has all the power. He immediately made a trade. He traded Lou Williams for a first-round pick to the uh, Houston Rockets. Well, that's not a great first-round pick, but Lou Williams doesn't really have any value. No, Lou Williams doesn't have a lot of value, especially for the Lakers, who kind of want to lose. The Rockets might have value for, like, they, they might find some value in Lou Williams. Oh, absolutely. Lou Williams is a score off the bench for them they could really yeah. use. Um, the Rockets are trying to go for it. I mean, I don't think it's going to work out, but it's not might that expensive. Might as well. Like you said, it's it's a late first round pick for them. It's not that big a deal. This team is way better than expected. Why not take a shot? Yeah. It's not crazy. Um, so Magic though now in control, much like Bobby Brown. Okay. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I, I cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's still alive, right? I don't know. I'm talking about Magic Johnson. I don't know. He is. I mean, at, how do you know? You might know as of yesterday. Oh, or this morning. You don't think I would have someone would have tweeted about it if it happened this afternoon? You don't think that would be out there right now? What if now? the internet's down and you're unaware of it? There are other ways of getting information than the internet. Like what? Like smoke signals. Oh, okay. We're in a basement. If we are right now. <laughs> but you don't think I could see the smoke signals from a basement anyway? There's a window. It's closed. But windows can be closed. You can still see through them. <laughs> so the blinds are closed. <laughs> I'm looking at the window too. <laughs> Are the blinds closed, or do you just perceive them to be closed? That's a great question, and that's for our philosophy podcast. And the truth is, you don't know the answer to that, right? You, how could you know? How could anybody know? Well, we're talking about what you, is though. real. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> I'm question. having a crisis now. Here's something that is real, though. Okay. Here's some real tweets that. How can you prove that these are real tweets? Washington Post I, reported. I can't trust anything now. Yeah, I understand. The Washington Post reported this though, and he, they sent out. Uh, they they wrote an article called. This is good. The Lakers must not have seen these Magic Johnson tweets before putting him in charge. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited because he tweets some things about basketball. Yeah. So here we go. Let's, let's, break, just, let's break these tweets down yeah. like we do with poker hands. So this one is a little bit old. This is six years old. The 2011. Okay. He says, if Brandon Knight were to come out, you know Brandon Knight, of course. I remember him. Yeah, he's on the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. I would take him number one in the draft. Okay. <laughs> so that's... Who was number one that year? Um, Kyrie Irving. Okay. The clear number one, by yeah. the way. Everyone had him as clear number one. Knight went eighth. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, Brandon Knight is made one all-star team. But, he did? Yeah. He, he made did, the all-star team? With Milwaukee, he made the all-star huh. team one year. And then signed a huge deal and has never been heard from again. Right. So, anyway. By the way, not too much later. Four days later. Sorry, a week before. But March 20th, 2011. He also tweeted, For all of you out there questioning Jimmer Ferdet of BYU... He is the real deal. Wow. So he went two picks ahead of um, Brandon Knight and five picks behind Kyrie at six overall. And he was immediately in the D-League, right? Like within a year. Well, I'll tell you this. He scored 73 points very recently in China. Okay. that's where he plays now is China. Yeah. He's never had a good moment in the NBA. When I think of Jimmer Fredette, I just think of Adam Morrison. I feel like they're like the same. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. The thing that I'm noticing is he seems to be tweeting a lot about Point guards and guards, because yeah. that's his expertise. So let's listen to some more point guard tweets. Okay, shall we? The Bucks just acquired the next Jason Kidd in Michael Carter-Williams. This is two years ago. Two years ago. He tweeted that. 
And that was after we'd already seen Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, well, I mean, he had one rookie of the year, and yeah. then the year after, the 76ers traded him to the Bucks. Well, that's great for me because I'm a Bulls fan, and Michael Carter-Williams is on the Bulls. Yeah. So we have the next Jason Kidd. Yes. Now, he continues his MCW love when he wrote, I'm impressed with the Chicago Bulls starting Rondo, Butler, Wade, and Michael Carter-Williams off the bench. They have the third best group of guards in the league. He, of course, did this in October of 2016. Wow. Yeah. Maybe he likes Carter Williams so much because he's a tall point guard and so is Magic. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, but he, he's not like Magic. Magic no, was but an he's, offensive wonder coon. He's like 6'7 and Magic 6'8, right? And they're point guards, yeah. so that's the thing. Here's another one. Sean Livingston, also a Magic Johnson favorite, maybe, because he's tall. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Right? December 19, 2014. The Dallas Mavericks trade for Rajon Rondo puts them in position to be a contender in the Western Conference. That's not as crazy a tweet, in fairness. Like at the time, a lot of people thought that might be could have been good. Yeah, it really didn't work out. But not. It's not the end of the world. That one. Hey, here's another tweet, but not a point guard now, just a shooting guard. Okay, just a shooting guard. Yeah, January fifth, twenty fifteen. The Thunder had traded for Dion Waiters. Uh huh. Awesome trade for the Thunder. Dion Waiters can catch and shoot and also create his own shot. Just what the Thunder need. Well, Dion Waiters is having a good a good year this year. Yes. So maybe Magic is right. He's having a pretty good year this year, but he's yeah. actually having a good like month, a pretty good like most last four weeks or something like that. But it's a really good last four yeah. weeks. I think he won Player of the Month or Player of the Week in the uh, Eastern Conference actually. But he's been terrible up until just now. Yes, he has. So, uh, so the only other, so those are like the real bad ones. Those are all the, the Jimmer Fredette one stands out to me. I mean, Michael Carter Williams is the next Jason Kidd. Yeah, that's... after he's been in the league for a year and a half, seems a little questionable too to me. Yeah. So, th- so that's the GM of the Lakers. He's now the GM of the Lakers for sure. He did tweet some other ridiculous things, which may just make you concerned about him as yeah. running a whole franchise. For example, he tweeted in March of 2014, the only way San Antonio or Miami don't win the championship is if neither team makes the finals. What? Yeah. <laughs> that is something he tweeted. But here's another thing he tweeted. About a month before that, if you ran a poll of NBA coaches, I bet all of them would take King James on their team in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah. Why would you tweet that? <laughs> of course they would. Yeah. When Steph and Clay are playing great together, the Warriors are a hard team to beat. I mean, this is fine, whatever. Yeah. But thanks for thanks for sharing. That's just like the similar type of thing as people updating their Facebook status. Like, right. went to the gym today. Yep. Like, yep. Yep. Who gives a we shit? We know. <laughs> Who yeah. gives a shit? The only way San Antonio or Miami don't win the championship is if neither team makes the finals. So that could mean, like, if the, they— They're clutch teams. They're so much better than any other team on the other side that Miami is so much better than the second-best Western Conference team that if they make, the, if they make it to the finals, they're going to win. I don't know. It's really hard. To, I'm stretching I, here. But I feel like we needed a complex algorithm to figure that out. Yeah. Now, um, by the way, one of the reasons why supposedly the Lakers fired Jim Buss is that there was a deal on the table for Paul George. Really? No, I'm sorry, for DeMarcus Cousins. There was a deal on the table. Even better. Yeah. And Jim Buss asked all of his lower-level scouts to vote on the deal. Uh-huh. And apparently never talked to Jeannie Buss, who, of course, runs the Lakers. Yeah. And, like, the, the franchise, not just the, the right. basketball yeah, operations. Yeah. And uh, she was very upset about that, not being given even – she didn't even know about it until afterward. I, I think assume she they wanted, them all right away. I assume they wanted Ingram, Russell, and a lot of first-rounders. Well, you would assume that, but they gave up DeMarcus for a mid-first-rounder and Buddy Heald. So yeah. I'm sure they wanted Ingram, and apparently 
Um, Buss was not interested in giving up Ingram, but let's be honest. He should give up Brandon Ingram. For, for DeMarcus Cousins? DeMarcus Cousins yeah. in a second. Andrew, Brandon Ingram and a one like in four years, do it. Do I, it. I wouldn't expect that deal could get done without another piece. But. Right. I would think, yeah. I would think Ingram and D'Angelo Russell is where we can start to have a real conversation, yeah. right? But apparently that was way too much. <laughs> like, there's no way the Lakers shouldn't have been trying to make one of these moves to get freaking DeMarcus Cousins. Who will stay with them? Yeah. But this is probably true for a lot of teams, really. Right. right? <laughs> like, but the difference is, like, there is talk anyway that a lot of teams were unable to even get the Kings on the phone when they heard this trade was going down because they wanted to offer more and, like, right. couldn't get anyone on the phone. The Lakers had them on the phone and were not able to come to a deal. And then, and so instead, they took this other horrible deal. It's crazy time. <laughs> That's pretty weird. That's pretty weird. Yeah. I, it's weird to me that Magic Johnson traded away Lou Williams. For a first round pick, because Lou Williams feels like the type of player, just in my mind, it just feels like the type of player that Magic Johnson would overvalue. I mean, he, he would think like Lou Williams is a dynamic, great scorer. He's like a top twenty player in the league. You know, I love Lou Williams. I think you're not giving. I know I just read a lot of really yeah. tough Magic Johnson tweets. Yeah, yeah. But I think you may be giving him not enough credit. Here's the thing, which I will say: it seems like he understands what direction the Lakers actually need to be going, which is future. Yes. Yeah. Like, get rid of your expiring assets that don't have a lot of value or to you, but may have value to other teams. You know, get that value out of the other teams. Like a team like the Rockets that wants to win now, Lou Williams is great for. A team like the Lakers who actually want to lose now, if they finish in the top three, they get to keep their first round pick this year. Otherwise, guess who gets it? Who? The Philadelphia 76ers, of course. They get all the picks. Sam Henke, man. He's gone, but wow. <laughs> that, that team is going to be amazing in five years. Yeah, it they is. may just be the best team in the world by a lot in five it's years. It's possible. If they, if they don't screw up all their picks. Right. Because they're going to have so many. Um, so anyway, yeah. So the Lakers actually want to lose and finish in the top three. Otherwise, they don't get a pick in this super loaded draft where the top ten is all amazing. Like, it's a time to have. The sixth overall pick is incredible They should this take year. a page out of the Sixers book and, and have their players have air quotes, injuries for the rest of the year that they're, they're key players. You I know? mean, even then, they're going to have to dodge the lottery. You're going to have the yeah. lottery thing work out, but they got to give themselves a good chance. Yeah. So, so I feel like Magic is doing this correctly. He, like, you're supposed to get rid of Lou Williams and get whatever you can for him. Getting a first-round yeah. pick feels like an amazing deal. No, even I agree. If it's a late no, one. I think it's a good deal. Yeah. I just, you know, a lot of those tweets were not, not ideal. No, they weren't great. But so maybe, maybe if maybe he looked he's over... Good at, maybe he would be good at actual GM duties because that's not scouting. It's different. It sounds like he's really bad at scouting. Well, here's the thing that's maybe unfair. These are very cherry-picked tweets, right? Of course. How many tweets has Magic Johnson made about players in the last five years that worked out and they just didn't yeah. write them in this no, article? No, very fair. So, like, if we went over a lot of people's, you know, Twitter history who's writing player evaluation type yeah. stuff, probably there's going to be a lot of ridiculous things in there, right? Absolutely. That said, I don't know how I'd feel about Magic running my team if I was a Laker fan. I w- I'd feel better than, I guess, Jim Buss running the team. I mean, so I guess after this guy up. didn't even try to get DeMarcus Cousins, like... I mean, you should be so happy to trade Brandon Ingram and a lot more for DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. You should be thrilled. Of course. So it's You're not weird. mortgaging your future. DeMarcus Cousins is 26. Right. He is your future. Yeah. Right. And he's, yeah. And by the way, like, big guys stay good for a long time unless they get hurt. Wings are the things that slow down. Right. And also, Brandon Ingram is, sure, he's seven years younger or six years younger than Something. DeMarcus Cousins, but his expected value is so much less than DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, Brandon, forget about expected value. What's his ceiling? Is his yeah. ceiling as good as DeMarcus Cousins right now? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, like in a perfect world. But, I mean, I don't know if it's much past that. There, is there a world where Brandon Ingram is the best player in the league? I don't think there is. There's probably a world. Okay. 
out of a lot of worlds. I mean, Giannis was barely on anybody's radar when he was a rookie, right? Yeah, that's true. Nikola Jokic, look at that guy. Yeah, no, those, those are really good points. Yeah. And this guy's got tools, right. for sure, obvi- obvious tools and things like that. Okay, but, you know, I mean... Ingram just doesn't have like huge value around the league right now because we've seen him play and he hasn't come in and you know put set the world on fire or right. anything right like he's not in the conversation for rookie of the year not in the well, conversation yeah there's not many guys who are by the right. way but he's not in it yeah so you know neither is Buddy Heald by the way nope <laughs> anyway all right why don't we roll right on through without a whistle to the second half. Now now halftime just happens and there's no indication the ref doesn't even have to, we're get. It, what? There is not usually a whistle, by the good, way. Uh, there's good American jobs. This referee needs his good American job. He needs to blow the whistle, and you're taking it away from him. Now what is he going to do? <laughs> How is he going to feed his family? If you go to an NBA game, there's no ref who blows a whistle to start a qu- the half. That's not true at all, by the way. There absolutely is. Because they yeah. inbound the ball, so they blow the whistle. Yeah. It's like, go ahead and start. Yeah. Also, to end the half, though, they don't have to blow the whistle to end the half. Sometimes they do. They usually do. Well, then maybe we, also should, a horn. So we should get a horn noise. A horn is better. It's a little loud, though. We don't have to make it that loud. How we, can, about... we can manipulate how loud it is on the podcast. <laughs> oh, are you just magic? Are you Merlin now? You Doug Henning? You're David Copperfield? You just make things manipulate sound? Yeah. Using a computer, I can do that. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, but I'm really for no sounds. Okay. Less work. Less work. All right. So, second half. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. So, uh, something happened. A lot of things happened, actually, because it's the NBA trade deadline, bro. Yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, right? we've been talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we really have. And uh, so, what we thought we'd do for the third quarter, anyway, is to just go over some of the other trades that happened in the NBA. Okay. And maybe some of the near misses, too, depending on how much time we right. have and how it all goes. Sure. Who could say? You know, no promises, basically. But that sounds pretty good. So uh, I am now in the process of trying to call up the article because I'm having a little issue with my iPhone. It's an iPad, but no big deal. Well, as I said, that's, that's why I can't make calls out on this thing, I guess. So uh, I'm going to call it up in a second. But there were some interesting deals. I'd say the biggest deal is probably the Bulls. I mean, this we're, we're excluding the Boogie Cousins deal, of course. Yeah, of course. So we're talking about the, the deals that went down today, right, on trade deadline day. There's two—maybe two. two I, maybe the biggest deal is actually the um, Mavericks dealing for Nerlens Noel. It's either that or the Bulls sending out Todd Gibson and Dougie McDermott to Oklahoma City for Cameron Payne. I'm going to miss you, McBuckets. I'm going to miss you. Are you really, though? No. Why but would you miss As a Bulls fan, yeah. I guess I don't really care about this trade because neither of those guys have that much value, but it also doesn't feel like we're getting that much back. No. So I feel like the Nerlens Noel trade is bigger because Nerlens Noel is a guy who actually has value. Yeah, he does. Although he went for very, very little. Yeah, ultimately. he went for what? Andrew Bogut and uh, some other player? Um, he went for, I'm going to call it up because I actually now have, my iPhone is working. It's not an iPhone. Uh, he went for Andrew Bogut, a first round pick, but a first round pick that is almost certainly about to turn into two second round picks. Okay. So it's really two seconds. And uh, one other player looking for it, looking for it, failing. Uh, here we go. And Justin Anderson. Right, that guy. So Justin Anderson is um, an okay player. He's not a special player. He's no a big deal. He's like a low rotation player. He averaged six and a half points a game, three rebounds a game in 14 minutes this year for the Mavs. He's a shooting guard. He's only 23 years old. He was a first rounder in 2015, taken 21st overall. Nobody really thinks a whole lot of this guy. He's fine. Right. I mean... The Mavericks ended up with a good deal because the Sixers had no use for Noel anymore. 
Well, the thing is, the Mavericks are going to have decided clearly they're going to pay him, right? That yeah. was the big thing. He's a restricted free agent, Nerlens Noel. He's very young still. Yeah. Uh, and so the Mavericks have decided, okay, we're going to build. This is going to be one of our centerpieces, one right. of our nucleus players. So they're going to give him a four-year, $80 million deal, essentially. Right. Maybe a five-year, 100 depending on if his rights transferred. And uh, that'll be that. Like, they're just going to suck it up and pay him. That's probably more than they should be paying him. That's probably more than he's worth, I would think. But he still has a lot of upside. He could still be a lot better. Yeah. And he's pretty good. You know, he's a strong rim protector. He doesn't overreach on offense. You know, he doesn't, like, take bad shots. He just doesn't shoot that much because he's not great offensively. But he knows it. Right. He he's can probably, rebound. He probably will never be great on offense. No, I don't expect him to be great on offense. But maybe his, you know, his ceiling is something like a uh, DeAndre Jordan. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah, that'd be great. You'd be fine with that or anything close to it. You get a DeAndre yeah. Jordan light, that's fine, too. You gave up almost nothing for him. Right. You just have to pay him. And the Sixers had to get rid of him. I mean, he was going to not be on the Sixers anyway. So yeah. they ended up turning him essentially to Justin Anderson and two second-round picks. That's fine. It's yeah. not great, but it's fine. Yeah. I can understand why they'd rather do that than get nothing. Right. Right. Which is And, by the way, Nerland's very unhappy in Philly because he was yeah. playing backup minutes, like serious, like six minutes a game sometimes. Right. And complaining about it publicly. He was like a top five pick, right? He went sixth overall, and that was a year when he really could have gone number one. He had hurt his knee and missed the whole his whole rookie year. Otherwise, he almost certainly would have gone number one. Yeah. So it's been sort of a strange, boring almost career for him, considering right. what he probably thought was going to happen. He probably thought he was going to go one overall and be a star in the league, and he's nowhere close to that. Well, maybe he's on his way now because he's, what, 22, 23 years old. Yeah. So he still has a lot of time. And, and you know what? He gets to play for maybe the best owner in the NBA, at least from a player's point of view. Right, right? yeah. Guy who's going to give you money and not care about it, be friendly with you. It's like It's going to be all cushy and He gave fun. Wes Matthews a max deal just because Wes Matthews, Wes Matthews didn't back out on his deal like DeAndre Jordan did. That's Mark Cuban. Um, that isn't exactly what happened, but it's close. He basically promised Wes Matthews, because he was so sure he was getting DeAndre, that if they don't get DeAndre, he'll give him a max deal. But, yeah. then he, but then he followed through with that, which right. he didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, you mostly have to. But the fact that, still, it's amazing. Wes Matthews one of the worst contracts in the league, yeah. basically. Wes Matthews is terrible these yes. days because of the knee injury and stuff. So, anyway, I like this move for the Mavericks. Like you're saying, it gives them a chance to have a centerpiece. Paying New Orleans $20 million isn't that big a deal anymore. It sounds like a lot, but a lot of guys are going to get about that much money. So, whatever. Yeah. You know, he's a starting center for you for but- the next... However many years. The Mavericks are also trying to find a way to get rid of Deron Williams now. It's uh, Darren Williams. Darren Williams. Okay, sure. It looks like it would be pronounced Deron. It's not. It's Darren. Okay, whatever. Yeah, there you go. That's the way to... That's that's the spirit. But that's interesting. I want to bring that up because the reason they're comfortable doing that is because of Yogi Ferrell. Right. Which is interesting because this guy, he's like an Isaiah Thomas-sized guy who was in the D-League a month and a half ago. Yeah. Right? And then they signed him to a 10-day contract... And against the Blazers, he started and he played 30 minutes and he scored like 33 points or something. And he went eight for nine from three. Yeah. And he immediately became an asset in the league. Like, what a crazy couple months for this kid. Yeah, it's pretty insane. They signed him to a two-year deal almost immediately. So they signed him for the rest of the season and next season. I'm sure it's not a lot of money to the Mavericks, but to Yogi Ferrell, yeah. it's got to be like winning the lottery, literally. I mean, what's like, a, a D-League contract is not bad money, but compared to an NBA no. contract, it's nothing. A D-League contract is pretty bad money. I mean, you're making like 6 k a month. Are you making that much? I'm pretty sure you're making about Where that. Where did you get that number from? I just, it's in my mind, Grace. I think you just invented that, buddy. Well, we'll 6K look it up. a month? No we'll, way. We'll look it up. 
We'll no look way. it up later. I think you're making less than that. But even if you're making six k a month, that's okay. But an NBA minimum deal like is like seven hundred k or something. Yeah, seven hundred fifty k, something like that. And I'm sure they sign Yogi Ferrell to more than the minimum. Probably yeah. not a lot more, but maybe they're paying him a million and a half next year, which to him is incredible, and to them is nothing. It's sort of like Jay Crowder. How do you signed... think? Yeah, sorry, right. go ahead. No, so I was to say he, he was making peanuts because he was a second round pick. The Celtics offered him five years, thirty five million guaranteed and he's like this changes my entire life of course i say yes yeah. and now they have one of the best contracts in the league for the next three and a half years right but what an amazing time for yogi ferrell that yeah. that game the fourth quarter of that game must have been such an incredibly good time in that kid's life where he's just like i just did it i did it like hmm. if the mavericks don't sign me somebody else will yeah. i'm in the nba now for sure well the thing is watching him play i don't know that he thinks that way he seems to be so confident like, so sure of himself, as most athletes, I think, yeah. are. He may just feel like, yes, it's my time. Finally, I get to shine, you know, as opposed to, like, I did it. Like, this thing that seemed hard. I have a feeling just watching him play and watching his body language and demeanor, he just really believes in himself and maybe thinks, like, of course, finally I get to show them what I can do. Maybe that's partly why I also compared him to Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Because Isaiah Thomas has that same vibe about him. Absolutely. And they're, and they're both tiny, so. Yeah. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Thomas had this great moment where he got... He got sort of like half knocked down like two weeks ago by, I don't remember who, some seven-footer on the other team, some huge guy. And Isaiah got up and complained about it to the refs and to the guy a little bit. And the guy said something back, and Isaiah got up in his face saying, what'd you say, what'd you say, like he was going to fight him or something. (laughs) Well, that would not have gone well. It's insane, right? But I could see how Isaiah made it in the world. (laughs) That's like the attitude you have to have when you're five foot seven and trying to be an NBA player. You have to believe you can take on any, nothing is a problem for you. You're that tough and that incredible, you know? Like that's like the belief system you almost have to have. Maybe Yogi Ferrell has some version of that too. Well, good for him. Yeah, really. Good yeah. for him. So that's it's a great story. Yeah, it is. Right. So, okay, let's move on, though, from the Mavericks. Let's talk about this Bulls deal, shall we? Okay. Here we go. OKC received Taj Gibson, mm-hmm. Doug McDermott, former first-round draft pick. A lot of high hopes for that guy. And a second-round pick in 2018 for the Bulls, from the Bulls, excuse me, for Cameron Payne, who was their first-round pick a few years ago. 14th overall. Anthony Morrow and J- Joffrey... Laverne. Laverne, sure. Joffrey. I've never actually known there was a, an actual human alive named <laughs> yeah, Joffrey, not, not named after the character, you know? Right. Maybe he was named after the character. Nope. That's a pretty not, hard Nope, not a thing. I mean, it was a book a long time ago. Not that long. I don't know. Like the late 90s. The late 90s. That He could be named after. He could Joffrey be, Laverne's like 27. Oh, he is? He yeah. Could, uh, he could have been 19. I don't know. <laughs> 20. Anyway, moving on. I think on. he's a stretch four, right? I don't know. I have to look it up. I've never heard of this guy. I think he's a stretch for. I mean, he's a nobody. They're going to cut him immediately. He's 6'11". He's a center, according to this, on the Bulls. Oh, yeah, of course you know he's on the Bulls. He's from France. He was drafted in 2013. By the, yeah, but he is thir- tw- he's only 25 years old, actually. Okay. But he has, his numbers are you know not impressive. Let's right. just say that. So the Bulls are just hoping Payne turns into something. They're hoping he turns into their starting point guard. Right, because and, Rajon Rondo is currently their starting point guard, and that's not ideal. I mean, Rajon Rondo's been coming off the bench lately. You know that because they've been had so many problems with him. Yeah, he's not good. No, no, he's not. <laughs> I mean, but this is at least an interesting shot for the Bulls. Doug McDermott wasn't going to help them. Taj Gibson's free agent coming up. And this Laverne guy, obviously not a huge prospect. So they're just taking a shot at a kid who's been trapped behind Russell Westbrook the whole time and hoping he yeah. turns into something, hoping it's Aaron Rodgers. doesn't have to be that good. It's obviously. the end of an era of hope for the Bulls in a way. Hmm. Not exactly, but as a Bulls fan, that's how it feels. Because the draft that Dougie McBuckets or Doug McDermott was taking, it was like, okay, this is a kid who's like, you know, a J.J. Redick type. You know, yeah. He's got some potential to be like this great piece. Absolutely. And then that was the year that Miritich came over from Europe. 
And there were a bunch of articles back in the day when Grantland existed about Miritich. Like, Bill Simmons was kind of obsessed with Miritich. Apparently, Miritich had the same European coach that Tony Kukoc had. And the coach said, Miritich is far better than Tony Kukoc ever was. And I read that, and I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. You know, like, <laughs> we're going to have this incredible European player who's going to like be able to be a strong defender and rebounder and shoot the three and play stretch four and Doug McDermott could play the three and like shoot 43% from three and be good at everything. Yeah. And uh, that's not what happened. No, he wasn't Ray Allen as it turned out. Yeah. So unfortunately it's not, and we had our time. We had the nineties. So it was okay. It was a long time ago now. Yeah. But you did. That was a hell of a time. Yeah. You really, if you were alive during it and able to actually pay attention and be happy about them winning, you're really not allowed to complain about the Bulls. I was mostly, I mean, 98, I was 12 years old. So it's like, yeah, but I didn't really get to enjoy the entire six championships. Right. I mean, listen to how spoiled you sound right there. I only got to enjoy some of the six championships. Yeah. There's, Shut there's, up, Mr. Boston. Fuck there's you. There's Nuggets fans out there who've never been to the finals. Nuggets. Whatever. They have Nikola Jokic. Yeah, they do. Let's talk about the Nuggets. Yeah, let's talk about them for a second. Because they tried to get Paul George, right? Apparently, they made an, a, quote, monster offer for Paul George, and it was rebuffed. So, a monster offer, we know, though, does not include... Jokic, because no. they would never trade him for Paul George. He has more value than Paul George. That's insane. I would have not believed that if you said it two months ago. It probably wasn't true two months ago. Nikola Jokic was the 41st overall pick last year. Yeah, the forty first year and a half. And now, before we started this podcast, you said to me, you thought he had as much value as Giannis. From a trade point of view. Yeah. Like, I think it's possible Giannis actually has a little bit more. But to the, I think he's got enough trade value that I think they turned down a Giannis offer for him. Which is insane! But I think actually... I don't think either team would make that deal. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Like, I don't know what happened or why this kid was was under the radar, but over the last 10 games, he's averaging, we looked it up before, I think it was 24 points, 14 and a half rebounds, six assists, a steal, a block, shooting 54% both from the field and from three. That's and he's a five. Close. And he's yeah. a five. Yeah, that's pretty close to what he's doing. It's absolutely outstanding. The Nuggets know what they have in him. And, I mean, that's part of why they got rid of Nurkic, right? They're like, Nurkic can only play center. Yeah. We're never going to play this kid because we're always going to play Jokic as much as we can. And Nurkic is going to complain about it. Let's try and get something for him. And they're like, Mason Blumley, that's who we're going to get. And now I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah, I don't we'll know. We'll find out. But anyway, but yeah. this. What kid do you is, think they offered? I mean, just a bunch of first-rounders? I mean, it's got to be Jamal Murray who went yeah. uh, seventh overall, I think, in this draft. And, and he's looking pretty good. Good shooter. Yeah, people are excited about him. And he's sort of... Of that next group, after the first two, there were like between three and eight. There was a whole glut of guys. Yeah, it was Chris unclear. Dunn. Yeah, Chris Dunn, Buddy Heald, um, Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, Jalen Brown. Yeah. All five of those guys could have gone in any order, and no one would be very surprised, right? Yeah. Um, so far, Jamal Murray has emerged thus far as the number one guy in that group. Right. Pretty clearly. Now, who knows where we'll be a year from now. There's a long way to go. A lot of these guys are super young. I have no idea. Is Moutier having anything of a year? No, he actually just got demoted to second string behind Jameer Nelson. Oh, Jameer Nelson? Ugh, that's ugly. The Nuggets are trying to win, actually, and and make the playoffs. Yeah. They think Nelson is going to help them do it. I guess so. I don't know. if We'll see. I mean, basically, they want want someone who's going to pass the ball to Jokic a lot. Yeah. And... Jameer's happy to do that. You know, <laughs> I guess care. so. He's like, whatever you want me to do, just keep paying me. <laughs> I'm happy to be in the league. Yeah. You know? I can't believe Jameer Nelson is still in the league. I know. How is that guy still in there? He is not very good, and yet has been hanging around forever. He's just been in the league forever, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. From good, his point good of view. Good for him. Yeah. I guess. 
Um, a few other small deals happened as well. The Raptors sent Jared Sullinger and two second round picks to the Phoenix Suns for PJ Tucker. That is a deal that nobody gives a shit about. That is like, correct. how would you ever care? I mean, the Raptors get a slightly better backup small forward. Yep. That's it. Okay. <laughs> the Pelicans are expected to waive Terrence Jones. Oh, because they got Boogie. Yeah, and I guess it's a money thing. I don't know. Maybe they maybe that was the deal when they uh I don't know. You would think they'd want to keep Terrence Jones. He's pretty yeah, he's, good. he's not a bad player. It's his fifth season. He's averaging 11.5 points and six rebounds a game. I don't know why you'd want to let that go, but they are apparently going to do that. I expect the Nets to pick him up because they're going to have the number one overall. Uh, actually, the Sixers have the number one waiver priority, but I expect one of those terrible teams to yeah. pick him up happily and just keep him in. I, the Nets make the most sense to do right. that. Um, anybody else? Who, it's, there apparently was very close to a deal between uh, the Knicks and the Timberwolves for Ricky Rubio and Derrick Rose, but I guess the T-Wolves turned it down ultimately. Yep. Well, that tells you how far Derrick Rose has really fallen, I guess. It's been it's been a while. It's though. weird whenever any team is going to do like a straight-up trade player for player, and they're both the same position. That's yep. That's just a weird thing. It's pretty weird. Sometimes yeah. you might trade an old guy for a young guy, but these guys are both been in the league for like seven years, right? Yeah. Derrick Rose may be slightly older. They're both, they're both not going to be on their respective teams next year, right? right. They're both free agents. I guess the Knicks might resign Derek. I guess you know what? Maybe the T Wolves resign Ricky Rubio if they don't believe in Chris Dunn. But yeah. they just spent the fifth overall pick on Chris Dunn. They're not going to make him the starting point guard. It seems crazy. They probably will. He's been terrible. But they'll give him a shot. He's been so bad. <laughs> I didn't even mention him in the group. Remember, I said that yeah. cut. I forgot him because he's well, been I, so I mentioned bad. Him. Oh yeah. Well, that didn't count. Uh, Rockets traded guard Tyler Ennis to the Lakers. For nothing. Don't care. For protected second round pick. Roy Hibbert was traded to the Bucks for a protected future second round pick. Don't care. I uh, sorry. He was traded to the Nuggets. He's their backup center now. What? Why do they have another backup center? <laughs> I they don't must know. think they can play Plumley at the four. They're crazy. No, they can play Jokic at the four. They cannot. Why? No one believes they can. I don't know why. Maybe defensively they can't do it. it Maybe must be, must that, be would, that would have thing. to be why, because yeah. he can pass and he can shoot. Yeah, it must be a defensive thing. The Rockets have traded guard KJ McDaniels to the Nets. Okay. That creates a little cap space for the Rockets. That's pretty much it. That's what happened. Well, let, let's let these boring things mercifully end because okay. most of those last few were like, wow. I was just going over for yeah. people who want to know what happened at the I, trade deadline. I appreciate that. You know, it's nice. Oh, also, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler got traded. Oh, yeah? To who? To a Chinese team. Okay. The same team with Jimmer Fredette. He got traded for Jimmer Fredette. Oh, sweet. We got Jimmer? Yeah, he scored 73, didn't I? (laughs) In China. Awesome. Like a few weeks ago. I'm in. I didn't know you could do interleague trades. but Cameron Payne's going to back him up. It's going to be amazing. That sounds like a good deal. Jimmer Fredette. At least he can shoot the three, maybe. Maybe. So you guys need that. Yeah. Okay. We're all set now. All right. Let's take a break. Oh, we're going to take a real break. We're going to take an actual break. We'll come back for a little LTGFI. Listener suggestions for the Sportnado can be tweeted at the Sportnado. What is this? What Listener is this suggestions voice? for the Sportnado can be tweeted at the Sportnado. Wow, what are you doing? I'm, you know, being the voice, what? Of the you're, guy who says things when they're coming back from break. You're you know? being creepy as shit. It's only creepy because you can see me. <laughs> that makes you sound great. <laughs> so it's quarter number four. There, it, it is indeed true what the voice said that you can tweet at the Sportnado, and that's. Sport N-A-D-O like a tornado, not yeah. the North American Treaty Organization. I'm going to go with organization. Sure. Because a friend of mine actually thought that's what we were referring to somehow when he heard it. I don't well, know. Why would know, that be? <laughs> people's minds go to weird places. Did, did he think Sharknado was like <laughs> sharks and humans like coming together and 
forming treaties and yeah. agreements and negotiations. Anyway, so this is the part of the show, much loved, I'd like to add, where listeners suggest ideas. I also pick ideas and problems for Grant to solve. Here we go. Okay. Number one. Number one. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Oh, this. Okay. He recently How said, am I going to solve this? <laughs> I can we just I don't think I need to solve anything by the way. I, if any of you haven't heard what this is yet, I think you, just hearing this alone is amazing. This well, is incredible. I got a lot on this. Okay, I'll tell you what. So Kyrie Irving said recently in a podcast about the Earth being flat. This is not even a conspiracy theory. The Earth is flat. I'm telling you, it's right in front of our, of our faces. They lie to us. End quote. Now. Who's they? Were, <laughs> you know, the people. Okay. Um, the, 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 the shadow government. I'm not sure. Other NBA players came out in support of him with Golden State Warrior Draymond Green saying, and I quote, I can make a round picture with my iPhone today on the panoramic camera and make it look round. So I don't know. I'm not saying I think it's flat or round. I don't know, but it could be. <laughs> Come on, man. So there's a lot of other famous-ish people. And non-famous people as well, who are what they call flat earthers. Yes, flat earthers. I'm aware of this group of people. So what, I'm going to give you a problem to solve here, and it's about flat earthers for sure. But I wanted to give you a better sense of why, you and the listeners, why people believe the earth is flat. I would love for you to give me a better sense of I that. thought I wanted that for myself as well. Yeah. So I did a little research, and okay. I got it right here. But then just so you know, you're going, your solve is quite obviously to convince the flat earthers, help them understand. Okay. That the earth is round. <laughs> the right. world is round. Okay, but here's, here's their reasons. I have 10 of them, okay? The earth looks flat, so it must be flat. That is... You mean like when you're standing on the earth? I'm assuming that is correct, yes. Okay. This is actually cited by um, rapper B.O.B. Okay. On his re- recent flat earth Twitter meltdown. Another one. It's cheaper to fake journeys into space than it is to journey into space. What does that have to do with the roundness of the earth? Um, because the photos from space oh. show that Earth is round, but they're gotcha. not real photos. Right. And so people say, well, what about space photos? And their response is, those aren't real because the, the space journeys are fake. By the way, this uncovers a much bigger conspiracy than just flat earthing. It's right cheaper now. to do a lot of things than another thing, you know? Yeah. It doesn't mean that's what you do. Yeah. I guess the idea is that a global conspiracy is, per, is like taking all the money that's supposedly going to the space program and doing other things with it. Okay. So that's. But why does that have to do with the Earth being flat? Couldn't the Earth being be round and you still have all that going on? Just saying. Okay, another one is satellite photos are easily fl- faked. So, like, we see all these satellite photos of the Earth, but those are just, you know, you can create anything you want on a computer these days. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Okay, number four. Day and night are created by the sun orbiting in a circle above then beneath the North Pole. What? Yeah. That's... So, it moves above... In a, oh, okay. So it's the sun is orbiting in a circle above and beneath the North Pole. So it's like going around. So we're flat, and the sun is just going around us. I yeah, guess, of course. The idea somehow we're not going around. Why can't we be going around it what, anyway? Then this is confusing. Uh, what? what? <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Number five. People who think they've flown around the Earth. This is a good one because okay. I want to know about this. Have just traveled in a big circle around the North Pole. So the idea is like the Earth is like a pancake with the North Pole in the middle. I'm getting all this, by the way, from UKMetro.com, okay. so we're clear. That's where I'm reading this from. Uh, so that's all one right. of their reasons why they believe it. That's just, a, that's just an assertion, though. I don't know okay. why that would be a reason. Number six, it all stays together because there's a big ice wall around the edge. So the oceans don't spill off because there's a wall of ice called Antarctica. 
And wait, this is great. The Flat Earth Society, because there's a Flat Earth Society grant, admit to being curious as to what lies beyond the big ice wall. That they invented. What the fuck? This is real. Moving on. <laughs> number seven. Wait, we're only on number seven? Okay. <laughs> Wait, this is actually the craziest one of all. I haven't read this whole list okay. myself. I can't believe this is. Okay. Gravity doesn't exist. Okay. What? They say instead the earth is constantly accelerating upwards, so the force of gravity is like being pushed into your seat in a car. Upward where? You know, Upward. So, like, that's why things drop down, because we're moving yeah. up all the time. So, actually, the thing that's dropping down is sort of staying in place, and we're moving is the idea, rather than it just feels like something's dropping. Right. That's the idea. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Number good, eight. Good. Yeah, very good. Earth is accelerating upwards due to dark energy. So, this is the explanation why. So, it somehow, um, apparently, they think Einstein talks about dark energy and how it moves things. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Einstein was not a flat earther. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I'm going to go with that. Okay, here's some good stuff. Photos taken of the earth from airplanes, because sometimes you can see like the curvature of the earth when you're up that high and stuff, look curved because of the windows. Of course. So there's never been anybody who's taken a photo from an airplane with the window down. (laughs) If you're high up enough, it may be dangerous. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you could get to a location (laughs) that was low enough that you could still see the curvature of the earth and you could have one of those Cessnas where you can pull the window down. Also, I mean, you could take pictures through windows and like you don't see lots of things curve. Also, like if we're saying, if we're down on the ground, I take a picture outside the, you know, from the airplane, like just of the normal world. It doesn't look crazy curved. It looks flat and normal. That's a good point. Yeah. Thank you. I just came up with that. Number nine. There's still two left. (laughs) Number nine. Photo. Oh, no, that that is number nine. I'm sorry. Number 10. We're at the last one. It says an experiment proved that a six mile stretch of of water was flat. And then metro.co.uk responds, except it didn't really. It was famously misread by previous flat earthers who weren't the brightest crayons in the pack. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, metro.co.uk. You hit this one out of the box. Wow. I can't like, believe, and like Kyrie Irving is so sure. Draymond Green is not sure either way. Okay, so I got a couple questions. Please. So you, they have the idea of, I guess I'm not going to really fix anything. My, my job is to educate them? Or? Your job is to, there's a problem out here to fix, right? It's either to help them all understand that they're wrong. Okay. Or I'm not sure what else could you do. Wow. I don't even know what to do with this. This problem is so bizarre. Yeah. Help them. It's help not. Them it's learn. not a traditional let the ground fix it, but I'm glad you brought it up just because right. it's so crazy. Yeah, that's that it's, was what I thought. There's a lot we can do. All with right. This. So, <laughs> one of the initial reasons that the Earth was discovered to be round oh, was sea travel. Look as, at you. As you would look out on the harbor and see a ship going out to sea on clear days, they would begin to sink beyond the horizon. Mm. That was one of the initial things that led people to believe perhaps the Earth is round. That still happens. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you actually knowing something about this, yeah. by the way. That was pretty good. Yeah, so that still happens. You yeah. go to a clear day at, at in the ocean or a big lake, and you watch a ship go, and if you can still see the ship, you will see that you see less and less of the ship. And it's not because it's going into the water. Mm-hmm. It's because it's going around the earth. <laughs> okay. So I don't... That, I think that should be enough, right? That's clearly not enough. Okay, we have air travel, right? We do. So there's this big ice wall surrounding yes. the earth, and we're just... All we are about what's beyond it is curious. That's it. Why don't we know? We, how, how tall is this fucking wall? It might be really tall, bro. I it mean, might they, be like the wall in Game of Thrones. <laughs> sure, that's not tall enough to stop an airplane. I mean, they, it's, these it's, people, these it's, people might deny space travel as actually existing, which is fucking absurd, by the way. I mean, but who cares? You, you might be just a puppet. 
Yep. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) even if let's give him that. Let's say everything in space ever has been faked. Okay. A lot of these people have been on airplanes, yes. right? No, they, they, on... would, they would know that airplanes exist. Right. How tall is this wall that we can't know what's beyond it? We can't, like, nobody's, and nobody's curious at all. We're just, <laughs> <laughs> like, you, I'll, I'll, the amount you're curious is you'll put it in a, in a little footnote. Like, yeah, we're curious what it is. But, yeah, we'd love uh, to know. But, like, I'm not going to go. I mean, that would be my first fix would be let's all go to Antarctica yeah. and find this wall that you're talking about right. and, like, explore it and then see what we can learn. Yeah. That would be, like, a bunch of flat earthers. Bring your phones. Record everything. Let's do this together. The problem is you're never going to find that, that wall, and so you got a problem, right? Yeah. What are they, they're going to say, oh, you just have to keep going. Like, we just, it just is further because the earth is flat. So I guess this isn't going to convince anybody who's a flat earther, but, like, the level of conspiracy and the layers of the conspiracy – and the vigilance with which all the conspirators have to perform the conspiracy for yeah. so long has to be so insane for this to actually happen. And what is their purpose? What are these conspirators trying to accomplish? Well, that is a really important question. Yeah. One that I've wondered about much myself. Actually, why would, if the earth was indeed flat, who benefits? Right? Yeah. Who's making money? Telling everyone the Earth is round. Let's come up with some of those answers. There's got to okay. be a few answers. Um, the airlines. Because they have to charge more for Exactly. You wanna, everything is not – they're like, oh, it's a really long trip, buddy. Okay, it's, but the Earth was discovered to be round in the 1500s or the 1400s or something. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but maybe they were just wrong. They were wrong about other stuff. Maybe they're like Columbus thought he landed in India. You know, he was so wrong. maybe the timeline is that – in like the 1920s, is yeah. right around when we were going to figure out that, that the people who thought the Earth was round were wrong, but also the airlines were rising the power, and the airlines were like, no, we got to suppress that. <laughs> we got to keep those guys down. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the shipping. Maybe like ships, though, and stuff like that, because they would claim to be traveling around the world, and it's really expensive. Oh, they just like go time. out for like 50 feet and then come back <laughs> and hide <laughs> a rock for a little while. You know, they, have, they like get some like... Boat col- or water covered, like uh, or water colored, excuse me, paint uh-huh. for their boat, and they paint it, and they just stay out there for like two months, like having cocktails, eating shrimp. You oh, know, so even partying. before, even before the airlines, it was the shipping. Yeah, it was the That's shipping. So back back when you would see a boat sink beyond the horizon, that was actually the shipping companies were willing to sink a couple ships every year. Just so people would see that and, and then eventually surmise see, that just, the world is round. That's just you being a cynic. That's not what's happening. No. What you're seeing is the boat appears to be sinking, but what's really going is it's slowly being painted watercolor. Oh, of, of course. Paint. Yeah. And so it looks like it's sinking because it's going lower and lower, but actually that's just the paint. Okay. How dare you? That makes sense. It actually kind of makes sense. We wow. might be onto something here. All right. So Wow. Okay, so... But Grant, Grant wow. brings up an interesting point about the notion that so many people have to be involved in this conspiracy. Like every pilot, every flight attendant, right? Yeah. Because they all go on the airplane too. They have to know about this, don't they? If they've been uh, on maybe this many they flights. Maybe they don't. But the pilots all have to know. Right? I mean, if the flat earthers can explain away that there is a wall in Antarctica and that's where the earth ends and that's why we haven't found where the earth ends or something. Well, that's what keeps the oceans from like spilling over. But why hasn't that part been explored? (laughs) Well, maybe it's dangerous, buddy. Yeah. You know, there are movies where you're living like in a simulation or something and there's like a certain part of the world like, or yeah, you can't go outside your city. You know, there's movies like Like that. Like the Truman Show. The Truman Show is a great example. That's one of many. Um, So the 13th floor, I think is another one. So, yeah, so you like 
You don't, it doesn't even occur to you to try and leave your city or you try, but then things get in your way and you can't do it. And maybe it's just a lot of that. Like, oh, we were trying to fly to the big wall in Antarctica, but we ran out of gas again. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Know? So I don't think anything's being fixed here. I think Not we're, yet. I, I, what is there to do? All you're doing so far is making fun of flat earthers and I'm offended. I'm so, making logical can points. Can you help Kyrie Irving? How about this? Help Kyrie Irving so he can present a different face to the public so that way he can get more um, endorsements and things because he is screwed on endorsements now, right? Really? You think he is? Well, except for flat earthers. Yeah, I think this hurts him. Don't you think this hurts him a little bit? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I, but let's let's go with that so you have something to fix. Uh, but I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want to help this guy. <laughs> you're not helping him. You're helping his family. But they're probably flat earthers too. Well, his kids are for sure, right? They've yeah. been taught this, but it's not their fault. They've been taught it. You can't. You, you're gonna. They just. They don't know any better. So I'm supposed to make it so people forget that Kyrie Irving's a flat earther, yes. or make it okay that Kyrie Irving's a flat I earther. I think either one is fine. Whatever works. I like the second one better, actually. Make it okay. Yeah. How okay. is it okay? It's okay because it's true. Ah. The Earth is flat. Yeah. I mean, I might have just said all of these debunking things, but have you been to the wall? No. Have I been to the wall? No. A lot of people have been to the wall, but they won't talk who's about been the, to the wall. wall. I can't tell you who's been to the wall because I don't know. So then, how can you they, say they have been to the wall? How can you say <laughs> those a lot who of those who stand to gain from the roundness of the Earth have been to the wall and they've set up a bunch of landmines? All right, but you just becoming a flat earther isn't going to convince yeah, people. Yeah, I know. Right? I've, I've you, need, been, you need to take a different I've, approach. I'm too thrown off here to fix something about this. You it's need just, to take you know, the, the different approach as a PR guy can't be. It's got to be more. Instead of being like, no, 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 Kyrie's right and everyone's wrong. All science is wrong. All people are wrong. Even dumb people think the earth is round, right? <laughs> Even they're wrong. No, so it can't be that. It's got to be more of um, something like Kyrie is like a child. He's like a two-year-old. Wow, you're you're not doing a good job with that. Why? I think that's that doesn't help Kyrie. It makes him no. seem really dumb. Yeah, well, so <laughs> thinking the Earth is flat and not and saying it's not even a conspiracy or it's not even a question. I mean, that doesn't help him either, right? By the way, this guy went to Duke, which is in the science triangle. You well, know, I mean, we know how college athletics are, especially Division One college athletics. I mean, what does Duke think about this? Probably not. Good things. Maybe you should fix Duke's PR problem right now. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe. I don't know. I think okay, if I were to fix Duke's PR problem, I would go back to the former PR problem. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> no, no, for sure. We don't educate our athletes. We uh, didn't tell Kyrie this. Yeah. Like, we, like everybody else, we let them <laughs> just go do whatever the fuck they want, and right. they just play basketball or football, and they don't have to take tests, and they don't have to get tutored. It doesn't fucking matter. Just like high school for them. They've never learned anything in their fucking lives. And it wasn't us, I promise. <laughs> like, we cheated and we lied to get Kyrie through and get these grades. Clearly, we never educated him in any way. We yeah. would never educate so that's good. Yeah, that's a, that's a great fix. I was thinking when you said go back to the previous problem, you were you weren't referring to that, but more like the lacrosse about, problem. That's what I was thinking you were going to bring up. Like they did it. The lacrosse. The lacrosse. Well, the lacrosse problem thing yeah. is a, is a good example because that was a situation that everybody was so sure to be true, and then was proven to be not true. Yeah. So just like the Earth, just like the Earth being round. I mean, let's take a step back from us for just a moment. Let's indulge the flat Earth theory for a second. Okay. Okay. Even though I don't know who really benefits from it or why it would be the case. But let's just take a moment. All we have and all we know is just stuff we've been told, right? Yeah. And things we've been shown, which are all easily manipulated, which is I'm sure what Kyrie would argue. Of course he would. So, you know, 
what's why is he wrong and we're right <laughs> i mean because of all of the scientific data to of back course. up our science? obviously we're right and he's wrong <laughs> all the math that backs up you know spherical planets orbiting spherical stars and everything and all the astronomy that's been done it's for such a weird thing hundreds and hundreds of years of all the things to believe, there's so many things you could believe. There's so many conspiracies to believe. Why flat Earth? Is it just? Is you think it's as simple as well? It doesn't look round to me when I stand or like go up yes. really high, and that's it. Yes, that's so dumb though. But okay, so the thing that still like gets at me about this, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not fixing anything right no, now. No, no, we're I'm doing just having fine. a conversation. But the thing that still gets at me at this is from the flat Earther perspective, what do they stand to gain from the Earth being flat? And what do they think the conspirators are really trying to accomplish? Because right. it can't really just be the airlines and the shipping companies no. want to make an extra buck. It can't be that. And yeah. the thing is, like, the whole notion of, well, all the space stuff is faked and all that money that goes into the space room is being embezzled or taken somewhere else. You could do that whether the Earth is round or not, right? There's yeah. no, you don't need to pretend the Earth is round when it isn't. You could say the Earth is flat and have a fake space program, too. Like, who cares, right? Yeah. In fact... Yeah, all the space that is nothing that's a so that's a separate conspiracy theory that's been like, you know, joined to this first right. one. It's weird. So that has nothing to do with it. Who benefits? Yeah. From the earth being flat but people thinking it's round truly, not just the transportation industry. Who else benefits? Someone benefits. Who's I don't know. Who's winning here? I don't know. Who be- from like oil companies? Isn't it always the oil companies? <laughs> right? From so it's better for them if the earth is round than yeah. if it's flat. For people to believe it's round, yeah. They charge more money somehow? I don't see how. No, me either. Um, maybe, okay, okay. Let's say you have a company and you have a, like a surplus of round things, like spheres. Yeah. Like balls and things like that. Like and you're, you're like a Super Bowl company. Yeah, and you're like, oh, man, Super Bowl sales are low and down. <laughs> We've got to fight. What are we going to do with all these things? And oh, you like, got to paint them like the Earth. Now you're talking. There you go. So Those like, guys are bastards. If, <laughs> if the Earth is flat, if everyone knows the truth and the Earth is flat, then like no one knows right now about the Earth one way or the other. But we better get the story out that the Earth is round so we can get rid of all these Super Bowls. <laughs> and now, so you sell them all, and you're you're originally planning as the Super Bowl guy. Right. You know? We're just gonna get rid of these. Then we're gonna like come clean, or you know, yeah. we, we'll never we'll never try to make another buck off it. But these things sold like freaking hotcakes. Of course, like, everybody's just seen the the Earth Super Bowl. So you're you're ordering some more, you know. A whole mess of orders of Super Balls and other type globe shapes, and now you're painting stuff on them, and you're like, let's go, man. And now you've got a whole business around this. You need people to continue to believe the Earth is flat. I'm oh, sorry, round. I mean, we could just go with the whole globe industry. I mean, that's basically what I'm talking globe, about. Right? Globes are expensive. Globes are surprisingly yeah. expensive. And who needs a globe anymore anyway? They're sort of cool, I guess. Yeah. But come on. We have the internet. Yeah. Which, by the way, when you, put, when you look at a map on the internet, flat. Damn, you're right. Because it's a flat screen, bro. Damn. Although there might be a slight curvature <laughs> in the screen as well. There, there might be. There might be. Yeah. So that's who's that's who's benefiting though. It's the, it's the sphere companies. Yeah, the comp- <laughs> of course. The sphere triumvirate of evil. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they had to put the uh, I don't know the the flat company. Who makes flat stuff? Is that just paper? I don't even know. What the flat things? Brownies? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're not trying to put anyone in business. They're just looking out for their families. How, how, deep their is, families. how deep is this flat earth, by the way? Could we, like, drill through and see space? Wow, that is a cool... Well, no, you... Oh, wow. So, that's an interesting question. So, on the other side of the flat earth, it's just like... It's just like a rock? It's just, yeah, it's just molten nothingness. 
and the dark matter that Einstein. Oh, the dark matter, right? Because we're moving, we're getting pushed upward all the time. Yeah. So we're like a little rocket, sort of a flat rocket. Yeah, this is way less ridiculous than current scientific theories. (laughs) Yeah, which you know, just because when you look ahead, it looks flat to you because the size of the sphere is so large. The thing that amazes me about this, and I'm going to say this, even though we really try and stay non-political on this show, but I can't help it. Like people who deny climate change and stuff like that, which basically are like flat earthers in, in my mind. I think it can't be quite as bad. Not quite as bad, but it's pretty close, right? Or like if you look at the science and the scientists who are like, the, you have 99.9% of scientists line up on one side of yeah, this. No, I, I, some incredibly small percentage line up on the other. And the, that percentage of people, that group, are all compromised, essentially. Right. Right. I mean, that's just true. So the, the notion of people who decide it's to— It's not believe, as ridiculous, though. Okay. It's, it's less ridiculous than Flat Earth. I'll grant you that. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course fact, it is. Climate change is like predicting the future and trends and all that. It's like insanely less ridiculous, actually. It is absolutely less ridiculous. Fine. But in both cases— you're sort of saying, okay, I'm deciding not to believe in science and the scientists, right? Yeah. Which is one thing. You could decide to sure, believe that. Sure, that's fine. But do you also get on airplanes and use elevators? Like, do you also, like, use your phone and, like, the weather report on the phone? Because all of that is science and scientists. It's all the same people. Yeah. You're deciding to trust them with your life in so many ways. Why are you not trusting them in this way? It's really odd. I don't understand it. That's the thing I don't get. So this this podcast took a different turn. Yeah, than, than it, went usual. Little, it went a little different. I thought I thought you were going to come with a funny fix for flat earthers, but instead it just became a flat earth. Ha ha ha! That's what it became, right? It's, well, I kind of I would, we did the semi fix of trying to like educate the flat earthers with certain ideas that would debunk it. Well, we also figured out who who stands to gain, and we did the Duke fix, sure, which was pretty great. It was very short, but it was good. Okay. I feel like that was a win. Okay. All if right. You say so. I feel like it. How long have we been going on this? Are we done? Yeah, I think we're done. All right. We'll see you next week. We'll be right back.